This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Black Roll. Innovation leaders for simple but effective tools, improving recovery, activation, and sleep for better performance in sport and everyday life. Available now at blackroll.com.au and be sure to check out their running collection on that website. Episode number 220 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you this week. Big results over in the USA to talk about. Some Patrick Tiernan news. A few uh, races that got announced, the start list, which we might touch on that as well. Thanks to Patreon supporters. Listen to question. Moose on the loose. Going to be a big show coming towards you. Welcome to my co-host. Just over COVID-19 up in Canberra, the King of Canberra, Bradley Croker. How are you going? Uh, not too bad. I've had better weeks, but happy that the boss is back and I can... Uh... Get out of the host seat. You were good though, Croaks, the last three weeks. I really enjoyed that. I, th- I thought you did a really good job. And I'm like, I was, these other three guys done a really good job as well. And I didn't want to think that they were replacing me because you were actually replacing me. They were kind of replacing you. That's yeah. a fair, fair assessment. Well, yeah. They'll, do, they'll definitely do a better job than I, than I normally do then. <laughs> no, you did a good job. It was really fascinating to uh, hear three different personalities, really, too, weren't they? from three different parts of the world. So, um, yeah, it was fascinating to hear their kind of experiences and what's been happening there. We'll talk a bit more about that a bit later on, I'm sure. My other co-host, also, I think, getting over COVID-19. I think you're in the clear now as well, Moose, but dealing with some head issues after smashing his head on a branch, I think, on his morning run this morning. Welcome to this week's episode, Julian Spence. Thanks, mate. Yep, just got over the COVID headache, only to give myself another headache. <laughs> branch i mean i still i still can't remember seeing it but i I just i was running through a little single track on a um closed road so they got it fenced off and so in order to get around the fence you got to go through a little single track in the bush and just was running through and then all of a sudden just went whack and as soon as i hit my head like within a second my hand was on my um head just like geez did i cut it and then i had a I had a palm full of blood immediately. Oh. So within a second, it had, it had like filled my palm with blood and I thought, oh, this is not good because I'm still 25 minutes away from the house running and I'm on a closed off road with no traffic. So <laughs> I just took a little bit and had a little walk and then jogged back. Uh, it would have been a sight coming back through town though, just like blood pouring all down my head down like no shirt on so all down my chest into my shorts it was it would have been, it would have scared some dog walkers hey moose good thing you got that receding hairline the uh hair's hair's not going to infect that that wound of yours you know i thought that i actually thought 
this is great to put a bandage on now because I can just I can just put the bandage on with no like nothing hindering that. And in the past, that would have been a real issue there. Yeah, it's good that you've accepted. It sounds like you've accepted that. You didn't quite bite the way that I was hoping for. <laughs> no, because I actually did think that. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I thought I'm like, oh, lucky I've got not much there anymore. And <laughs> if this had have been in the hair, it would have been bad. Would have had a shampoo. Yeah. No, I'm I'm accepting it. You can be a good-looking old man, Brad. You you should know that. Sure, you're not going to keep shaving your head like that, though, are you? Like, was it a bit of a like, let's just see what it looks like. It doesn't look real good. Never do it again. Or the barber shut down there or something. When I saw the first photo, I think it was that that fun run you did. I was like, what's he doing? I never realised it was so far back on your head. Well, what do you expect? I'm an old dog. You do wear a hat a lot, though. You've probably been hiding it from for years, and no one's ever picked up on it. You, my mum always said you can't wear a hat all the time or your hair will fall out, and she was actually right. Ah, that's what happened. Yeah, I hope you tell the kids in school that. Well, we make them wear hats. It's like 40 degrees. They've always got, but they've got the wide brim ones on, not the caps that are like super tight on your head, smashing your hairline. Yeah, I've got a bucket that I run in. You've seen that. I might have to go back to that. Yeah, yep. I, don't, I reckon it looks all right. I reckon yeah, I'm going to keep going with it. Just stick with it. Yeah. Do you know it's so much easier to have a shaved head. You don't have, like, I know you spend hours on your hair just getting it perfect and, like, putting the mousse and the gel in it. Me? Yeah. No, so Carly cuts my hair. She did it on Saturday before I raced this past weekend, just a quick job. Had Olivia in the uh, in my legs. She was sitting there while there's hair going everywhere. Quick, short back and sides. Two-minute job at Imboamba. Yeah, that's how long it takes to cut, and then how long does it take to oh, prepare no. for the race? 30 seconds. Quick, oh, not quick, true. Oh, quick shit. bit of... Yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you Why? what, okay, I'm glad you think I look that good, boys, because I uh, I don't put much effort in. No, we just we think t- you're vain. Return for investment is good. Anyway, I do like having a nice haircut. Um, tell us about the COVID situation, fellas. You've both been knocked down with it. Well, Brad, you, you're the most recent one. So. I can't believe you've both got it in that same week. <laughs> I know. Mm. Uh, yeah, so when we spoke last week, Moose had a confirmed case and I had a test earlier that day, and um, which meant I had to isolate until I got my results back, which I didn't get until Saturday afternoon. Um, and it came out as positive. But like, I knew sort of halfway through the week that it was going to come out positive because I had Sunday night, Monday night, I had fever, I actually had headaches a couple of days before that, and then I had fever for two nights. That went away. Then I had, like, sneezing and congestion, then had sore throat and a cough, and then later in the week started to, like, lose my smell and my sense of taste. Like, I was drinking, uh, like, I had cordial in, like, sparkling water, and I couldn't, and it was orange, and I couldn't taste it, but then I burped, and I felt like I was drinking bourbon and Coke. And it's like, how do you get, how do you, how do you feel like you're drinking bourbon and coke when you're having like an orange cordial um yeah so we so viv got a test that monday as well a couple of hours after me and she also tested positive but she didn't have really any of the symptoms at all so um it was yeah like an uneventful week because we just had to stay at home the whole time um yeah so in terms of my training week uh, I got to yesterday and I started to feel pretty good. Like I didn't have sore throat, didn't have fever, didn't really have a cough. Um, I just had like a bit of a blocked ear. That was it. So I thought, oh, I'll, <clears throat> I've, give, I've given my calf like, four, you know, four weeks or whatever. I'll go and test it out on the treadmill. So I jumped on and I was going to just walk and uh, run and walk um, 
just because I haven't run for so long. Plus, I wasn't sure what effect COVID had on me. So I thought I'll do like, I'll run for four minutes, walk for a minute. And um, I had it on 12K an hour, so five minute Ks. And my heart rate just went through the roof. I, like it was in the garage and it was probably like, I don't know, 25 degrees. I was like warm-ish. But after like every four minutes, I was into the 150s. Like effort-wise felt pretty comfortable. Um, like I was, you know, able to like have a full conversation, but my heart rate was just super high. Um, yes, I did like five of those off one minute walk. So after the 20 minutes of running, like 24 minutes elapsed time, I'd averaged 147 and maxed at 156. Um, So combination of obviously not having run for four to five weeks, coming off the sickness, um, the positive was that my calf and toe, like didn't notice it at all. Um, The only only thing I noticed was that my, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this, if you've taken like an extended period off and you start back running, um, sometimes you have a few, like it's a bit like a, a rusty old gate opening up through like your back and your hips and everything. You just, cause you're just not used mm. to, I guess your pelvis is sort of seized up a little bit because you, you know, I, I go and ride the bike, but there's not a lot of movement through the pelvis there. And so, um, pretty much that whole run was like just a little bit uncomfortable through back hips, adductors. Um, but I know that that settles the more that I just get back into it. Plus, just lying around all week sick doesn't help that. So, um, yeah, that was my first run in, in weeks. So, not not ideal. I did another one today. I did three by 10 minutes off 90 seconds walk. And once again, actually, I went like 5.15k pace for that one. And heart rate was still pretty high. Um, so, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a pretty long road back, I think. What about your kids' croaks? I do love Moose that he goes straight into his training and heart rate data before he tells us about any remaining members of his family. Like, they all good? Well, I don't know if I mentioned last week. So when I got sick on the Sunday night, like that next morning, Viv's like, you're going to get tested and you're not getting anywhere near the kids. And so okay. they were fine at that point. And so Viv's parents actually came and picked them up um, because, you know, neither of them are vaccinated. We just wanted, you know, and they were fine at the time. Um, so... They went and stayed with Viv's parents and actually spent the whole week out there. We only got them back today. Um, yeah, okay, right. yeah, so they've, they, they've been fine. Um, who knows whether they, they may have tested positive, but they haven't certainly haven't had any symptoms in the last week, and Viv's parents have been fine as well. So, um, yeah, it was weird having, like, a week without the kids, but it was almost like, you know, if, if the in-laws look after your kids for a week, you're like, awesome, let's go and do something, let's go on a holiday. Yeah. Except we're stuck at home doing absolutely nothing, watching sick. watching some team Ingerbrits and going, just watching Netflix. Just yeah, it was um, not not a very enjoyable week. And like I'm still feeling like those runs haven't felt very taxing. But then later on in the afternoon, like I feel like I could just go to bed and sleep. So still like a little bit of fatigue there, I think, from it. Yeah, yeah. hopefully you know every week we hear it's better and better. Because have you, have you got concerns that it can, like, long-term affect the running? I, I know you spoke about it with Jess on that, um, the long and the short of it last week, Moose, but have you guys read into it much? Um, I had more concerns a couple of days ago when I didn't really have any of the symptoms anymore, but I was still getting these sort of tension slash migraine headaches that I was getting, like, two or three days before I got sick. And I did a bit of research on that and found out that some people do have, like, ongoing headaches for like even months after covid um but but those have settled down the last couple of days so 
Um, no, like I, I'm not, I'm not too concerned. I'm just going to respect the comeback, um, mm. which, which I think I'm more, I'm in a lucky position or not really lucky, but I'm coming back from essentially like three things. Like it's, you know, not having run for four to five weeks. So like you need to respect that comeback anyway, because the amount of detraining over five weeks of no running is, is quite significant. Um, yeah. coming back from calf and toe, which the calf has flared had flared up a couple of times on me. So I want to be careful with that. Plus, then the the COVID. So um, I'll be taking it pretty easy over the next few weeks. Yeah, you were coming back anyway. That this next phase doesn't change much for you. No, not a lot. Yeah, all right, uh, Moose. Tell us about your situation. How's the family down there? Pia, Bree, they've dodged it. They did dodge it. They, I don't know, got how in the bungalow they did. quick enough. Yeah, I still I spent like Wednesday night, Thursday night, and then Friday night with. Uh, those guys, so I'm not sure how they dodged it, but they did, and um, yeah, got out of the bungalow on Saturday morning, which was great. I was able to go and give Pierre a hug and a kiss, where he got one too, and then um, just was that hard, like being like so young and not being able to like give her a hug and a kiss for that period of time. Yeah, it's yeah. It, I mean it sucks, and she's growing up so quick, mm. it's like. They change every day, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. One day they're laughing, the next they're squealing, and she's sort of real talkative at the moment. And um, I could hear her from inside the house, just like squawking away. And I thought, oh shit, it'd be good <laughs> to be in there right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, we still we have like a an outdoor patio area, and I was sort of sitting at one end of this big table, and and Pierre and Bree were at the other. So I got time to interact with them and stuff. And then there's a lot of people that do like fly and fly out work or or away from their kids for long long periods. They, I was just thinking, I'm like, it's not that bad if I can if I'm still there with them. Just can't. Yeah, yeah. just different for your personal situation. Yeah, than you're used to. Yeah, yeah, especially when you. It's always someone who's got it worse off, but it just yeah changes yeah. your situation significantly. It did make me think about those people that have to live away from their families, though, and that would be bloody hard. Um, anyway, the, yeah, so I, I, I didn't do much training this week. I did um, – we talked about it a little on the other podcast about whether there's like a return to exercise rule and someone tagged me in an um, Instagram post from the UK. I think it was like uh, – let me just pull that post up. Um, it was the graduated return to play protocol and it was endorsed by the English Institute of Sport so it's a UK thing. Um, and just like a, a, as an example, stage one, 10 days of minimum since your infection, you, you're only supposed to walk. Uh, and basically it's just a rest phase. And then the next stage, two days, just light jogging. And then three, stage three, I think you, um, yeah, it, in the end it's like where we get back to normal like earliest day is 17. Um, so it's about three weeks post-infection that you get back to exercise normally, according to this plan. Um, it's good to have. Yeah. yeah, it's good to follow as a guide, I guess. But everyone's different. Everyone's going to recover differently. Um, so, yeah, I just walked. I, I wanted to be able to – I had this thought in my head. I'm like, I want to get back as soon as I'm out where I can train again. And one of the things that could limit me is having a week off running uh just 
coming back and loading tissue that's not used to it. So like Achilles or um, just tendons basically. So I, I wanted to keep walking. So I did half an hour on the treadmill um, and then did another half an hour the next day, but that had a shitter day. So felt a bit sicker. Um, then I ended up getting to a uh, 20-minute run. Um, I think it was about day day five or something. Just did 20 on the treadie, ran at like 10K an hour, pretty low heart rate, but the whole point was just to um, load the legs, not the heart. And then 30 minutes the next day, day seven, so this was on Friday. Uh, heart rate was staying pretty low, actually. I was running 12K an hour, so it wasn't very fast. But the heart rate, I, I wasn't noticing it an increase like Croaks is. And then the next day, just ran outside half an hour. Um, so this was Saturday. I ran in the afternoon, and it was kind of hot. Probably didn't quite appreciate how warm it was because just sweating so much. I think that could still be a sign the virus is, is sort of in you. Um, and then uh, 45 minutes on Sunday, so I, I just – I was going to go out for 60, but I just didn't feel – I wasn't feeling it. It was a bit hard. I was still suffering fatigue from, from being sick. So in the end, just uh, got a, I don't know how many K, <laughs> fuck all, but got it, got back on track. And I think this week I'll be able to get back to – I'll do seven days, I reckon, of just easy running, and then I'll start workouts the week after. Did this impact um, any races we plan to race in these couple of weeks? Well, there was nothing on Oh, anywhere. yeah. So I was going to do Mountain to Surf, which was the day oh, yeah. that I got sick. So that was probably pretty lucky because I reckon a hard race effort would have fucked me up. Mm. Um, so that was that was lucky. And I was going to do Bell's Bash that got um, postponed as well. So I would have been sick for that. Uh, so not really. I, I'm considering going and doing some pacing at the Zatapec B race just to help out an athlete of mine, but whether I can be bothered getting up to Melbourne for that or not, I'm not sure. Uh, and then, yeah, I really want to. I'm, 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 I'm keen to do a marathon again. So I'm going to pick. I'm going to. I'm probably going to. Yeah, I reckon I'm just going to. Like autumn. Like nah, mid Coast. mid year maybe. Gold Coast. Yeah, probably, probably Gold Coast. Wing Gold Coast. No, do Gold Coast. <laughs> That'd still be domestic field though, won't it? They won't be flying people in, will they? I reckon the I reckon, races have worked out. They don't have to. Pretty much. Like, you're still getting the entries. You're still going to get good domestic fields. Unless they need label, um, like they think, have label commitments. Been, I know that got waived during 2021, but I'm not sure about 2022. I know the IWF, like a world athletic, said to them, like, you don't have to tick those boxes while the pandemic's going on for 2021. Yeah, I guess when but, the, yeah. It, you think because the pandemic is still going, you, you assume they've kind of um, extended that. Wayne Lardin, I'll ask him about it. He'll tell me. Yeah, it'd be good. I, I mean, it's, who knows what, what's going to happen in six months. It's so hard to predict anything. But I am keen again, and uh, and, and I want to just get back. I just need to get one on the board before I reckon I have another proper crack. Because I don't – I think you need to relook. I haven't done a marathon since late 2019, so that's that's a while now. That was World Champs, wasn't it? September. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah, it is a while. When you God, think about I've now, been fit a couple. I've been fit twice, and then both times led to no racing or an injury. Um, what culture was that? Um, 
April one getting cancelled. Yeah, that was I was fit. That, that's a fit. It should yeah. be in there in that build up yeah. doing those. I remember you saying like a session hungover. You just punched like thirty k at like three fourteen pace or something. Yeah, that that I did two. I, I had two workouts like that. One where it was like twenty eight k, and maybe it was no, maybe that was the one twenty eight. Mm. Yeah, but it was it just felt easy back then. Now it feels hard again. Yeah, patience, though. We'll come back. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Takes a while. Do you want to hear about my week? Do you want to hear about my life? We got a new child at our house. Uh, got a newborn. Surely we knew that. We've done the. We you congratulated me, but yeah. I wasn't here to tell you about it. Oh shit! We got a new baby, fellas. Olivia, Olivia Joan entered the world on December twenty third. Thanks for congratulations over the uh, that episode, Crux. Really appreciate that. You're welcome. A new moose wouldn't do it. I still you didn't give me a wish me happy birthday for the 29th. <laughs> you didn't give how, me a ch- I was how many, how many minutes into the show are we? And we're just finally getting onto this. Well, anyway, thanks, fellas. Good to know I've been missed and taking interest in my life. Anyway, she was born December 23rd, so that was good. Tell you what, female body is an amazing thing, isn't it? What uh, what the mums do, even like even three weeks in now, like what they go through to keep the, to bring the baby into the world and then to keep the baby alive. Is um, it makes us dads look pretty pathetic when we're stacked up against that, and even like the nurses and the midwives and the doctors and stuff like that. Like, we've done it twice now, and I just can't be any more thankful for what they do in that profession. Profession, it's absolutely um, yeah, amazing how those people work. So we got through that on the twenty third. Um, a bit hard because we couldn't take Hudson into the hospital. He was kind of like banned because we couldn't have uh, any visitors other than me. So that was a bit a bit strange, going to spending Christmas out the front of the hospital, having a little picnic um, for Carly and Olivia to come out the front there. And just, yeah, just a really odd time with um, by the combination of the pandemic, so you couldn't go into the hospitals, a newborn Christmas time, and, um, and the weather. It just was like super hot up here for like the first week of her life as well. So... Pretty challenging first week of her life, but we got there. I'm thinking the first two weeks often the hardest, and that's behind us. But we're there, and I've done pretty much stuff all running. But I'm just starting to... Well, last week was my first kind of half-decent week back. Um, the week after the marathon, I ran 30K, and then the week after, I ran 43. The week after that, I did 66, and then I did 90, and then last week, I did 120. So... um I'll tell you about this training week when I open it up here. But I'm feeling like I'm going all right. Feeling like I recovered from the marathon. And now I've just got to be patient and build some fitness back up. So on um, Monday... How's the sleep going? Like, I must admit, I'm getting... what I don't know how you did it, Brad, when you had two kids. But my role with... like I'm hardly seeing Olivia. Like Carly's pretty much one-on-one with Olivia. And I'm one-on-one with Hudson. So I'm spending a lot of time in the spare room so I can get a decent night's sleep. So then I, when Hudson wakes up, I can just fire on all cylinders to look after him for the day. Oh, that was another thing. Because because of the COVID situation, we didn't really want visitors. So we didn't really want to give him to people to look after. And his daycare was shut for a bit of time over Christmas as well. And um, then they shut down because of a, a couple of COVID cases as well. So... He's just been my little buddy pretty much uh, for the last three weeks. And then he finally went back to daycare last Friday for the last time. But um, yeah, sleep's been going all right. But just this, yeah, just looking after a toddler has been, um, it's just it's just different. Like you're probably in a normal week, I'll probably look after Hudson 30% of the time. Um, you know, and Carly probably does 60 and he probably does daycare 10. And now it's like the daycare gets taken out and he's... I felt for him because his mum disappeared for four nights and then 
everyone would just give him presents for a few days in a row there and he'd see all these family members he hasn't seen in a while at Christmas celebrations and then his mum comes home with a brand new baby and it's just like what's going on in his little head over that um you know period of time but yeah sleep's been all right but definitely I've got so much respect for single parents like how they do that single-handedly is um yeah absolutely amazing but totally agree there. I've said to Viv oh. if I was a single parent I would I would go crazy like I'd I'd don't know how old how old cope. Yeah, same thing. Like, yeah, and yeah, it makes you realise. It brings you closer with your wife or partner, or whoever, as well, because you realise how much they do that probably might go a bit unrecognised when you take them out of the equation because they're looking after the newborns. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, parenting. Hey, this is turning into a parenting podcast, but um, yeah, that's what we're banging on about. And and Carly had a C section as well, so she couldn't. Um, she can't lift Hudson. I think it's for the first four weeks. So just little things like getting him in and out of his cot at night time and in the morning and for his nap and into his high chair and things like that. And even when it, she came home with Olivia, we didn't really want to just leave him running around the house and me go for a run, for example, because if something was to happen, um, she couldn't just grab him and pick him up. So she's kind of also recovering from that major surgery as well, which, yeah, throws another, um, yeah, kind of aspect to the recovery and, and newborn stuff like that. But Anyway, I'll talk some running. Monday, last Monday, did 45 minutes easy with uh, 10 by 10 second hills. Tuesday, met up with Archie and Glenn. So my job at the moment is just trying to get Archie, um, get his workouts, help him out as much as possible in his workouts because he's got his first Satapec coming up next Wednesday night. So I've just been trying to jump in. If he's got K reps, I've been doing the first 800. He did some 800s the other week. I took him through the first 600. He did like a long threshold the week before that and I kind of paced him for a few chunks of just like five or ten minute kind of blocks just to try and keep him company, give him someone to warm up and cool down with. Um, so this workout, he was doing eight by one K and I was taking him through the first 800 meters. Um, I was hitting like 221, 222 and then I did the last rep with him and he, he kind of kicked it down to run 251, which, or well, he ran 250, I ran 251. And because I'm not doing the full reps, I get a bit of extra recovery time as well. So, um, yeah, that was good to be able to have that workout. It's kind of like one of my first main ones back on the grassy oval, which is in no good condition up here. So, um, yeah, that was a bit – those times are way quicker than what they would be on synthetic for sure. Uh, Wednesday, got out for 60 minutes at 4.40. Oh, you want to say something, Crocs? No, I didn't say anything. No. Uh, it was me. Like, what do you go off? Do you go off measurements or do you go off your GPS? Oh, so it's got a spray painted line. So it's the little ath track, but there on it must be on. I've got a holiday break at the moment. So um, it's a spray painted line, but it's not mowed or anything like a. You know, you see some of those athletics tracks, the grass ones, and they mow them for athletics. Yeah. Like this is just a big footy oval and soccer fields, and they just spray paint a line, like do the measurements. So um, yeah, holes everywhere, sprinklers. Like they don't pick. Like they, yeah, they don't strategically pick where they put the actual athletics track to avoid sprinklers or anything like that. So it's it's like cross country. You've got to look down at your feet every step of the 400 meter lap. You never can look ahead and just relax. So um, so I got the rule that it's two seconds a lap. That like because when Richard used to set me workouts to do on there, I'd go out and try hit the numbers he'd he'd send through. And just blow to pieces and then after like DNF workouts all the time because I just couldn't hit the, um, I'd try to hit them. But then I kind of brought in this rule that like whatever it's set, I'd add two seconds to it. And then I felt when I got onto the all weather tracks, um, it kind of averaged out a bit. So like Archie, I think averaged 
257 or 256 maybe, which is probably a kind of 254, 8x1 Kia off 90. So, um, so you said two se- can you say two seconds a lap? Did. So yeah. that's yeah, so that's five seconds, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, five seconds. What did I say, average? Well, you said the average 256, that's 251. 251. Who's measuring this track? Someone with a wheel? <laughs> yeah, it's like legit, like spray paint lines. Sounds legit. Here. You just made uh, it out to sound Well, you've just, put a, you've just put a lot it of pressure legit. on Archie for Zatapak if he's uh, supposedly averaging 251s here for these K-Rex. Average, two, average 256. Yeah, but you said... Yeah, said, take take five seconds. Two, that's, yeah. that's eight by one k and two. I've never seen him this fit before. He is in ridiculous shape. He is, he is. If everything goes well the next ten days, he is um, going to have a really good run at Zatapak. Yeah, um, and I thought, yeah, well, I got on an all weather track at the end of the week, and I'll, yeah, I'll tell you, I think things converted pretty good. Sixty seconds easy on the Wednesday, Thursday, um, I did. Oh, I did some threshold work, four by six minutes. I went out at like 3.10 pace for the first six minutes off 90 seconds jog. And the heart rate was okay after the first one. Like I averaged 160 for 3.09 pace. But then when I started the second one, it just jumped really quick. So I just backed off, ran the second one at 3.16 average. And um, the heart rate was 169. The third six minutes was 3.14 Heart rate was 171, and then 3.18 for the last one. For the last two, I was just only looking at the heart rate screen and 172 average there. Some easy running on Friday, which was uh, 60 minutes again, I think. And then Saturday, I went to Bendigo. So I did half an hour in the morning, and then I did an 800-meter race, fellas. This was something a bit different. The old AVSL, the old um, Athletics Victoria meets. So Glenn, who I train with up here, he was going to do this, and I told him I'd do my best to um, to pace him. He wanted to try and break two minutes. And I thought me pretty much sprinting 200s is like 30 seconds at the moment, but I thought I could do at least three of them put together and get him you know, pretty close to 90 seconds at the 600-meter mark, and then he could kick down and have a real good crack at it. And that was the plan. Um, and then standing starts, they're rough. When's the last time you've done one of those? Why didn't you get down? You know, crouched up for an 800. Why not? I did make the joke to the guy. I'm like, because I was in lane one. I was like, because you know you got to start in lanes for an 800? I forgot all about that. You I was like, do you reckon I could just jog into this? Like, seriously, like, I'm, my last race was a marathon. Like, just just give me the, like, roll in. Let's see if that can happen. But nah, I couldn't get that across the line. So I was in lane one, which wasn't a bad thing because I could see everyone else. Like, it was a loaded field, eight lanes all filled. Um, gun goes my first like 40 50 meters was like so crap like it was took me so long to get going glenn was in like lane five looking over his shoulder like where's brady it's meant to be like pacing me here took me about 120 meters to really get warmed up there's this uh oh he's not a kid anymore reese lice he's about 24 he ran um 50 flat for 400 a couple of weeks ago and he's, he's trying to transition to the 800, and he ran a 159, I think it was two weeks ago as well. So um, he kind of wanted to break his PB. And I'd told him before the race, I'm like, look, I'm going to go 600 metres, 90 seconds, come with me, kick down, you'll run 156 if you got that top end speed. But he went crazy from the gun. He split 200 in about 27. I finally got um, in front of Glenn by the first 200, went through right on 30. And then went through in about like 60, 61 for the 400 meter lap. And then, yeah, got Glenn to about 500. And I think I was slowing him down a bit. He peeled past me in the back straight. 
Um, he pulled in Reese, who was starting to climb stairs a bit in the back straight, got him probably at about 150 metres to go and peeled past him. And then, yeah, Glenn won in um, 159. And then I ended up catching the other kid as well, just with about 20 metres to go, and ran 200.42. So it was pretty much like bang on, even splits. 432nd uh, 200 in a row, fellas. I was pretty happy with that. I kind of thought I'd run 204. Like, considering I haven't trained for a month and haven't ran any speed work for a while, I was, um, yeah, pretty stoked for a two flat. Probably a new Inside Round podcast record, I'd say. No one's ran quicker than that, have they? I haven't run anywhere. I don't think, I don't run an 800, but there is no chance I'm going near that. Put it in the books. Do you, want this, one. Do, you want, do you want this discussion? How many years? Yeah, since we've been doing the show. <laughs> That's not the <laughs> That's a new rule I'm bringing in 2022. I'm uh, sick of all you bloody dickheads giving me shit for races you made years ago. Can we, give, can we get Christian back? Christian, I'll be warming up on him. Are we talking? Are we talking about Christian? Are we talking about Christian later on? Hey, can we revisit the bit where you said, "Oh, we'll come off ninety seconds, and then you'll probably run one fifty-six." Where yeah, this, you've just told this bloke he's going to run twenty-six second last two hundred when his best four hundred, he's only run twenty-five seconds for it. Yeah, but he should have been jogging, shouldn't he? <laughs> Going through in sixty if he can run fifty. Don't you can't just close in twenty. You can't just close in like one second off your four hundred meter two hundred times. I reckon he could because you get a roll and start, don't you? <laughs> uh, ambitious. Right, find, find seven. Well, he, find seven. He didn't listen. He didn't listen to me anyway. That guy. He went. He's gunned it. He probably heard me talking on the start line like that, and he's like, "I'm not listening to this old timer." Like it's yeah. Find seven seconds and you can have the IRP record. What year, What did you run? Two, two what, 153. What year? Uh, probably like 2003. Oh, come on, mate. I was, I was still in school in 2003. I don't care. It's still, <laughs> still no, faster than what now. you've run. Irrelevant. It's pretty up with that. So I might get down there and try to do another one, try and go a bit quicker next time. Tell you what, how good are the dragonflies, Moose? Oh, what do you mean? Because I've worn them in a 5 and 10, and they're no good because, like, your heel strike them. But if you start going flat out, you get on your toes in those things, bam, they're a good shoe. Wouldn't know. They're, they're designed for 8.15, not 5 and 10. That's not true. You I might need some victories, though. If you're going to keep running 800, I've got some victories there with your name <laughs> on them. You know, I entered the um, Vic Country 1500 today. I think I might have a crack at that one. Oh, well, Vic Country. Who's meters. running? 15? Heaps of Ballarat guys. What, in I the look, juniors? Nah, like, um, nah, I looked up, because you can search who's already Yeah, name entered. a senior. There's some bloke from Melbourne Uni who's run 3.45, Sam Blake or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? he's run quicker than that, hasn't he? 3.44, something like that, 3.43 Wasn't that maybe? the bloke who was overseas? Yeah, I think that's him. He runs yeah, in Melbourne he ran, Uni. He ran under 3.40. He's run three. He's run under 3.40. I think it's that guy from Melbourne Uni. I don't yeah, know why he was overseas last year, and he was making like a last ditch attempt. To what to qualify? Yeah, I reckon he runs three thirty nine. Jeez, now he's coming to Bendigo to run a fifteen hundred. That's not a Ballarat Open athlete. Um, Jordan Ma- Maston is it Jordan Marston? Something like that. Three fifty eight guy. Three fifty nine. What have you run? Three fifty three back in the day, but I'm a yeah, long way off that now. You should be running three fifty. I've done no training for a month. I did the race in two weeks. 350 anyway. will be the impress mark. 350. What's your PB for 15? 354 or 353? One of those two. Craig's, what's yours? 348. Jeez, I could take it. Oh, 348. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, yeah, 2003, 
What, Mate, what keep that, in mind, yeah. Crokes ran like 50, 1500s each season. Mm. That's, I ran that's three. Actually, this I ran, is just a bit of fun for you and me, Moose. I ran three. Yeah, that's 50 sweet. as a 30 year old. 30 is not old. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, well, it's similar, but it's, no, because it's similar age to Brady. Brady's not that much older than 30. I'm 34. That's four years older. <laughs> How many kids do you have at 30? <laughs> Zero. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, there was a 5K later on in the night, fellas, so I jumped in that for a bit of a workout. Did 400 in about 68, 200 float, um, then 233, 200 float times five, which got me 5K. I like this workout. It's kind of like an easier version of Deke's quarters where you're not quite quick, uh, fit enough for Deke's quarters, do this one, and it's a good way to spend 5K. So I won that as well because I was the only person in the race. So that was um, The only person. There was the 3K was going at the same time. So it was probably 10 of us on the track. Nine of them were in the 3K. I was the only one in the 5K. Can we We'd agree been... this is this is a problem with, with our sport? Like, we're asking volunteers. These guys, are, these officials don't get paid, do they? No, they don't. And no. they've, just watched Bra- they've just watched Brady do a training session. <laughs> and they're, and they're, I, they're I beat a couple of people in the 3K. Oh, that's just a – like, to me, that's like – why? Why is that? Why are we even holding that if there's one person in it? Well, I don't get why they give you the two options. Like it should be three k or five k. Like if it yeah. was just three k, I would have done three k. But then when I entered, I'm like, oh, I'll do five k, thinking more people would have been doing the five k. And then I'm assuming if the three k wasn't an option, all those those nine people would have been doing the five k. So I'm not sure why you got two options of pretty similar distances. But also, like, how many how many AV meets were going on that day? Weren't there like four or five different venues? Yeah, they do like this AVSL thing over different venues, and you score points against different clubs in your division. Yeah, like like to me that aspect. So you can about, rock up anywhere. Yeah, to me that aspect of athletics, like especially on the track, is dead when it comes to like <clears throat> club versus club competition. Like it is it is not popular at all. And that's why, like, those milers meets are so much more efficient and people run well there because you've got more depth and everyone everyone goes to the same track. Yeah, mm. I agree. You still need to have the options for the regions, though, like especially like the Bendigo, the Ballarats, the Geelongs, so they don't have to go to the one track in Melbourne because mm. they do that enough throughout the year as it is. Um, but, yeah, I think they've got to get better at their timetabling there. Um, and there's like there's a whole lot of Benigo guys up at Falls Creek as well, so that's probably you know, yeah potentially another five or six people that could have been on that start line if they were in town. Cool down, easy ninety minutes over the hills on um, Sunday. Still in Benigo, took Hudson down there for the night. Um, yeah, a week of like one hundred and nineteen k's, pretty slow over the hills. I think like three forty something average, but um, yeah, good little run there. Nigel Preston, Nath Mead, Steve Van Rees, some good chat. Because um, yeah, all the big dogs are out of town. But anyway, keep are you, those together. Are you coming down to the coast? Yeah, I'm coming Soon? down in a couple of weeks. Yeah, not to run though. Coming down on a uni trip. What do Ocean you mean uni trip? Oh, it's all of my mates from uni catch up once a year, go away for the weekend, and they picked Ocean. I got Grove. a long run. I had a long run planned for you. Yeah, I don't think I'll be doing much running that weekend. Oh, I might. Crammers is coming as well. You know, Crammers. Yeah, yeah bring stuff. Yeah, you he'll just, be down there. Yeah, get up for a for a uh, Sunday long run. We got a good loop planned. Will anyone be keeping up with us down there? Is everyone sick? Everyone out of shape? There's hills, big fella. There's yeah, the hills, and we know what you like on hills. 
Yeah, pretty ordinary. So um, that's it. I got a few different races. I got this little triathlon thing this weekend coming up in Achuca. The um, Carly's GP about two minutes after deliver, delivering Olivia asked me if I could be in her team for the um, mixed Achuca Moama team triathlon. So that would be a bit of fun Saturday night. Looking forward to that. You got GPs delivering kids up there. Yeah, we are here. Pretty lucky. So, like, we've had Carly's GP, who's like a local triathlete and marathon runner and stuff like that, who we know pretty well. She's she's done both of our kids, which is just, yeah, amazing. It was just small town communities. And, like, Carly was in for, I think, four nights, five days, and it was pretty empty in there. But same thing. Like, the midwives are mums from kids that you've taught. Like, you know every midwife, you know the GPs. It's just different in small community towns, I suppose. How does the GP do a C-section? Um, yeah, same as... So she made, she's the one who makes the call on the C-section. So it was the same with, with Hudson. So the appointment at... Um, or when it was 40 weeks for Hudson, she made the call on that this baby's not going not gonna to come um, the natural way and book it in for the safety of the child and the mum. And then she did the same thing this time. But, she, um, but there's a surgeon there doing it. No, she does it. There's an anesthetist who does the like the big needle and stuff. Yeah. There's like there'd probably be oh, I reckon there would have been twelve people in the room. So the GPs like, got the scalpel. Yeah, like how do you think they used to do it, Moose? Most like a lot of GPs used to deliver kids. Like I um I was born through C-section and I think yeah, it so was I, I think it was uh just my like doc like general yeah doctor that did it. Hmm. Mm. I'm sure. I think she. I think she I has the. I'm pretty sure she's the. Um, what's the baby doctor kind of thing as well? Obstetrician. Yeah, I think she's got that as her like major or whatever they call it in the medical thing. So she's an obstetrician. Oh, I don't know. I'll Google her. I'll ask her this week at the <laughs> at the triathlon. I, I literally don't get involved in. There's a couple of out there doing GPs like doing GP stuff that they would. I nearly guarantee you they wouldn't be doing that. Nah, but when you see them in that environment, they switch it on and off. Like, they have a great ability to be really calm 10 minutes before you go in there, and then the minute you're in there, it's like, we can still joke around and stuff, but this is business as usual, and they're so professional. Mm. Like, it's, yeah, what a job to have. Amazing. Anyway, that's enough. Let's thank our Patreon supporters, eh? Kick us off, Crokes. All right, I've got Finn Cullinane. Uh, Finn lives over in New Zealand in Cambridge, Waikato. I've uh, got some pretty solid PBs of 16.40 for 5K, 31.58 for 10, 78 for the half, and 2.56 uh, for the marathon, which he ran in Auckland uh, in 2020. Jumps on the bike a bit and also does a bit of cross-country, and he's coached by Dave McNeil at Run Strong. So thanks for your support, Finn. Did you do good with Finn there? Because I did, didn't I? Did I'm not I, sure about that. I Googled it. Yeah. I Googled, yeah, and so I found a famous actor with the same spelling, and every interview they said, welcome, Finn. So yeah, I'm, okay. I'm going to go with right. I'm going to go with Finn. Finn, yeah. F-I-O-N-N. Yeah. I like it. Mm. Finn. Do, it's like what? Do you reckon, I've, do you reckon I've got it wrong? No, I don't think so because you've researched it. That's why I gave it to you. I wouldn't have even attempted that. I would have said Fion. Yeah. Well, we'll wait for yours. Um, Jamie Laverty. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Laverty is is the patron that I'm thinking, and he's from him. Yes, based off his times, it's a him from Boulder, Colorado, Australian living over there. 
Legit runner, 152.800, so he takes that title from our group. 352, 1500, 833 for a 3K, 1449. So it gets a bit slower as we go uphill. Speed demon, this guy, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe from Queensland, maybe was a national level swimmer as a schoolboy and showed plenty of talent on the track. And a town planner by trade, but an entrepreneur at heart. Where are you pulling that shit from? I Googled it. Found it on like a, um, a website up there in Queensland, a runner one. What, you found uh, that description of him? Yep, just copy-pasted straight out. Michael Whiting, you know the um, sports reporter oh, yeah. up there? Works for Brisbane. Yeah, he was in his, I reckon he coached him. All right, the day. there you go. Yeah. in Boulder. Yeah, but he didn't seem to be doing a lot of running over there. Like when I saw it was Boulder, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be, you know, over there to train and stuff. But how old uh, is he? Oh, I don't know that. Maybe at a guess, 27. Yeah, he's party boy. He's Colorado University Buffalo's big party town. Perfect place for a young Australian male to be living. Hmm. Few over there, Australian males too, isn't there? Bit of a mecca. Um, Freddie Ruox. Do you reckon I'd get that right, fellas? No. Nah. Ruox? How would wrong. you pronounce that? Roo. Roo? Would you? Yeah. Yep. What, you just don't say the X. <laughs> this is great. What do you even Roo. give yourself these ones? I, I love that you this, do. I gave this one because he's an absolute, um, he's been with Runder PB for a long time, Freddie, with your mate and Jack. You can't even get his his na- and you can't even get his name right. Moose didn't get his guy's name right either. You don't study what, Jamie last Lavity? stage. Nah, the other guy, Finn. You didn't know how to pronounce his name. He was one of your members. Uh, Freddie's quick. 5K, 1641, 10K, 3434. Lives in London, um, works. Possibly the boss of a big tech company over there. Thinking like the Mark Zuckerberg of the UK. In um, 2022, he was in Bushy Park and came across Stewie. Flagged him down for a photo, fellas. See that photo there? I do, yeah. Who looks young there? That's Freddie on the left. Freddie young too. Who's the fella in the middle? Not sure who that guy is, but that's the photo that Jack Davies sent through to me. So that's pretty cool. Imagine just running through Bushy Park and seeing Stewie mm. wave him over for a photo. So yeah. thanks, Freddie, for your other, support. See the other bloke's got – no, that is um, Freddie matching. He's got the matching kit, matching trail shorts, matching trail T-shirt. Yeah, I like that. And the black shoes as well. Uniform. Yeah. No, I like the uniform kind of stuff. You always try match, don't you? Single mm, shoes, Not like that. that. No, Socks? Like... Nah, nah. If you got a bit of a blue singlet on, you might put some blue socks on, something like that. Uh, I've made some, I've made some bad errors in the past, so I'm not one to talk. Also got uh, Jamie Meacham, who I'm going to thank as well, here, fellas. Doesn't want us to mention their PBs. Just bought themselves a su- subscription for 2022 after listening for a while for free. So thanks, boys, for the content. Content, it's such a great part of their week. So thank you, Jamie, Freddie, Finn, Jamie, again. For your support. Thanks, team. Brady, can can I just add to Jack? So Jamie sent us an email, and uh, I got a little giggle out of it, and I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning this, but he also added, don't try to find my PBs. I'm absolute dog shit at running, so I would prefer not to have that publicised or go through the thanks on patrons process, a.k.a. have Moose roast your times and tell you which of your PBs (laughs) is the shittest slash you need to work on. I uh, I giggled when he wrote that, so... um, (laughs) Thanks, Jamie. I'm looking so, you up, uh, Jamie, and I'll send you a private <laughs> message. We've got a few tips. Uh, running news, fellas. Do you want to start off with um, 
someone's just cutting and pasting some text out in front of me here. This isn't easy to read out, but we'll start with Jessica Hull because she broke an Australian record over in the US indoors overnight. Uh, sorry, this was Saturday night, I think. She ran 8.39.79 for 3K at, um, sorry, I'm not sure where it was. Brad, you might know if this was text really appears in a second. It was Texas, in, te- I think. in Texas. Texas. Um, and she smashes Benita Willis's record by almost three seconds. And I think that stood for 21 years. Yeah, yeah I think so. I'm I think sure Benita, I yeah, Benita put a post up, I think, on, um, on Instagram saying it was, yeah, 21 years. How cool is it? Benita always does that too. Mm. Yeah. Like not bitter, yeah, not bitter at all. Just like so encouraging, you know, hand yeah. on the record. Um, so I think she also that qualifies her for the World Indoor Championships and the first that we've seen from Jess this season, which is pretty cool. First out, Australian record. Um, what's her f- um, outdoor record? You know, boys, three k. I'll I'll, I'll tell up? you. It's not it's not far off. That's about yeah. the same. I remember when she nearly got it in Sydney on that terrible night, and then she ended up getting it quite easily the next time out. She did, didn't she? And then got the five real close mm. to that as well, didn't she? You find that, Croaks? Talk about there was a mile over in the Washington Washington Indoor Preview. Um, Duncan Miller, who's from the ACT, hadn't heard the name before, but he's come out and ran 357.04. So a big PB for him. Moves to 10th fastest all-time indoor. Um, and Ed Trippis, who went to the Olympics in the steeplechase, was in the same race, and he ran 4.02. So start to see a bit of indoor action happening. Mm. Yeah. 8.36 for Jess, outdoor. Okay, yep. Well, you'd kind of expect that, wouldn't you? Two or three seconds slower? Yeah. It depends well, on what sort of runner you are as well. Unless you're Ollie Hall, he seems to go yeah. faster. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, the, I think the main thing is, though, like, she's probably capable of, like, running faster even indoors, given that that's the first race of the season. Hmm. Yeah, watch your space there. There's 3K at World Indoors too, isn't there? Yeah, it is. They don't, yep. they don't do a 5K. It's right in a hit, hit zone, just like Stewie, just between 1,500 and 5K, just right in the sweet spot for her where you don't really know where she's going to excel. But the 3K, she can just take advantage of both strengths. Mm, yeah. Um, and going into the World Champs, like her experience at NCAAs, she would have done a lot of indoors there as well compared to an Australian who may have stayed home. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of opportunity over here for Australians. You've got to qualify. So you want to go to world indoors, you've got to go run the time somewhere. It's, indoors? Yeah, it's difficult to do. Oh, you can't do it outdoors. I think you can qualify outdoors for indoors. Oh, can you? If you yeah, yeah. If, you've run the, if you've run a time, I think you can still run indoors. Yeah. It's still early, though, in the, in the season. So don't you have to run the – when's the world indoors? Mm, is it like March? Was it, wasn't it going to be around the same time that um, World Cross was going to be on? Yeah, they were going to be, and they've always been postponed, haven't they? Yeah. So it's difficult. Uh, Friday yeah. the 18th to the 20th of March. You've got to get a time for it at the very start of the year when really, like, it's kind of the same setup as Zatapak. How many times are you going to get up mm-hmm. um, if you're going to go to Europe later? Mm. Uh, next, next bit of news, um, Moose, yeah, Boston, so we've got an Australian on the start line. We do. Uh, Michael Roger is announced for the Boston field. So huge depth in the fields, uh, including the para field, which uh, Michael Roger will be part of, obviously. Um, the, the fields, like, 
the, the domestic fields for Boston, the American fields were massive. It's like they've just given out entries to every single person, which is really cool. Should make for a great race to watch. Um, where's that? Where's to the, yeah, the we'll talk yep, about so, it closer to the actual yeah, race, but like even their international ones, like we've obviously um, Bikili up against Komoro. Um, you had in the women's, I think you had the Olympic champion versus the London champion. Um, so like, and you had like Molly Seidel in there as well. Yeah, Paris Jepcheer and Jocelyn Jepkozgai go head to head. Sarah Hall was in there, was she? I'll uh, we'll talk about her in a second as well. She may have been. I didn't want to give it too much because I thought we'd wait until the actual yeah. race is a week or two out to kind of talk about it more. No Kipchoge though, which I thought was interesting. Like because London's not going to be in April, so because they're going to go October again. So which marathons Kipchoge going to do in in April? March, April, Tokyo. Maybe they got another another challenge planned or something. Yeah, because you see he signed on with Ineos. Like, they're going to be his partner going forward towards um, going for the, the third Olympic title. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that's so they good. might have some spectacle. Good for him. Good cash money for him. Um, next good. bit of news, Croaks. that you? Yeah, so the Houston Marathon and Half Marathon was on over the weekend. And about a day or two before... I saw Pat Tiernan put up on Instagram that he was leaving um, Oregon Track Club uh, and he seemed to be quite disappointed to be leaving and OTC also put up a post saying that, you know, they'd enjoyed working with Pat and were were disappointed to see him go. So then I guess the speculation was, all right, well, where's he going to? Um, And supposedly this was going to be his last race in OTC colours and he finished sixth and ran one hour and 55 seconds, but he was actually in uh, Puma kit um so word has it that he's uh yeah signed on with puma and um he's being coached now by alistair and amy craig so um yeah so i guess that just came down to, to money I'm, I'm guessing that um nike sort of cut their elite athlete budget and probably weren't willing to pay him what he was getting and so he had to look elsewhere but that's just speculation so he was because you asked him didn't you he was nike australia uh, Nike America or Nike Worldwide? Yeah, I did ask him. I can't remember 100%. I'm pretty sure, you, I'm pretty sure he said Australia. Yeah, I'm I thought really he said, certain, yeah, yeah, I thought he said that as well, which I was sort of surprised by um, at the time. But who knows? Um, yeah, but I'm guessing that's the reason why he left. What's the guy got to do, though? To, like, you think they would have reduced it and he couldn't, yeah, couldn't take it and now he's had to move on. Because it sounded like, as you said, he didn't want to leave his training group and his coach and stuff and like it's, it's one lap short of having one of the most amazing performances ever at the olympics for a male australian in 10k yeah to just, then get your yeah. to get your contract potentially slashed because of that i think that's rough i guess it just goes to show though how like yeah. deep deep world athletics is and you know nike you can only they can only sign so many athletes yeah but, they've got a lot nike of is, money though but if it's nike money. australian is the best 10k runner in australia yeah, well, if, and he, he gained a lot of fans in Australia after that performance. Well, maybe like, maybe the Nike Australia budgets have been like cut massively, like especially given that you know the the athletics or track and field over here is not really that popular. Yeah, because both the Gregsons have left and Geordie Williams. Like, there's a few that have jumped from Nike to Puma. Yeah. So. Obviously, Puma's the one stepping up though and offering the contracts where mm-hmm. Nike isn't. So kudos to them, and hopefully that builds a bit of sort of brand support just yeah. because they do seem to be the ones supporting now mm, yeah 
that's it. Uh, so that was good to see him in action there. And then Moose, a couple of American records we woke up to. Yeah, big day out at Houston in the half and the full marathon. Um, so the, in the ladies especially, we saw Sarah Hall uh, break the half marathon American record. She ran 67.15 and she took she took that that's been going a fair bit actually um who is it was it Kara the Kara D'Amato did it or D'Amato that's how I said it there's only one way right um she ran 219.12 to break the American record in the full marathon Dina Castor so that stood for a very long time um 15 years 15 yeah so uh, I thought she may have had the half marathon as well. Now nah, Molly Huddle had it. Oh, did she? But yeah. That Kyra had, had well. run very fast, sixty-seven something, and um, and so she someone they said she was fit, or she said she was really fit in the press conference, and she said she was going to do a big thing. And I remember listening or seeing the quote. I'm like, whoa, that's a that's a confident quote right there. And so she's gone out. I think she was on like. 68 something through halfway and came home fairly strongly to uh yeah to win the win the race i think she won the race right um i'm on an iaaf it says here a half marathon pb was 7001 at last year uh 2020 houston half marathon nah she'd run 67 something not long ago okay yeah just not on her world athletics profile yeah um, but yeah, 37 years old, took a decade away from the sport after college, uh, two kids, full-time real, real estate agent. So this is a great example of showing you can get it done. Um, and it's like when you've got things on your plate, sometimes that works for you. You'd have to, I reckon if you spoke to, to, to Kyrie, you'd say those, those things, those factors have been a, an actual benefit or a positive to her rather than a hindrance. Mm. And that it's probably the difference, like in, in. I reckon you. Uh, there's a lot of professional athletes out there who who couldn't really, who who would look at the professional life and think this is the only way that you can achieve everything that you want. And there's some good examples out there of, of people showing that you can achieve things with other um, commitments in life. Yeah. It also shows, you know, having a having a break from the sport and coming back is doable as well. Like we see, we've seen quite a few people do that in the past. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that's an amazing performance. And so 30, 37. Mm. There's time 37. for everyone except for Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I was 37, actually, when I ran my marathon PB. He didn't have eight years off, though, Moose. He was grinding away that whole yeah, time. he ran, ran a 2015 oh, every season. Smashing 153 or whatever. I retired was. about eight times between 20 and, or no, 30 and 37. Yeah. I know uh, Tom Middleton, who's a patron supporter of ours, he was with her from, I think he said, 4K to 28K. Um, and then, yeah, he just said it was an honour. He finished in 225, an honour to run with her for that kind of um, section of the course. He had a bit of a tough back end, but... Good on you, Tom, for getting that one finished over there. But, yeah, phenomenal performance. Tom Middleton. Um, you know, Tom from Sydney, run crew. I know the name. Yeah, you know him for sure. Definitely. Did some? Yeah, yeah, I know Sydney boy. It was a guy I was running with when I was up at the Gold Coast when Gold Coast got cancelled. Yeah, that's Remember probably that? where I know it from. And we had, yeah. we had beers with him in Hobart. 
Brody. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, real good fella. Um, that's good. You spoke about the half marathon moose. I just quickly ducked out to get a beer. Have you already mentioned that, Sarah Hall? Yeah, I did say Sarah yeah. Hall. Oh well, yeah. So um, she didn't win though. So Vic, nice. Vic, Vic, Vic. Funnily enough, Victory Chep Magino took the victory in sixty five oh three. Do you reckon she's named? She's changed her name to Victory. Um, what do you reckon? Sure. Her parents named her Victory. Don't know. Seven ladies under sixty nine minutes, including Jessica Judd. Oh, that's quick. Sixty seven fifty two, who has an eight hundred PB of one fifty nine, faster than Brady, and four oh three fifteen hundred. That wasn't my PB I ran on the weekend. I ran quicker than that back in the day. But I just bring up relevant stuff, not stuff that I did fifteen years. Well, what's years your ago. old PB? I think I ran 150. I did a pro race where I ran 153 oh, off 26 of metres. But I think I, ran, oh, think I ran 156 on the track. How's this guy, Moose? Giving somebody shit for bringing up something they did 20 years ago, which actually shows good longevity in the sport. If that's and what you want to do, I'm happy to do it. I'm going to play that game as well. And then he's talking about freaking pro races. Jesus. Where he come wasn't on, even running the full distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah around 20. Time? Yeah, true. <laughs> I only ran 26 metres short in 153. Anyway, I think I ran 156 on the track. But it was before IWF World Athletes Profiles. The probably thing didn't even have one back Brady, then. You run 23 metres short of an 800. That that extra 23 metres is, is the bit that actually kills and the bit that just, like, that's where you're slowing down. Nah, but it was on grass, and I had to do a heat during the day. And yeah, you have to yeah. run wide on those pro races. You ever watch Stewie try to round up people? Yeah, don't I was doing don't that. Co- please don't compare yourself to Stewie. Hey, actually, on that, last week when you had Stewie on, did you, when you're recapping, like, we, we're agreeing that Stewie's, like, probably one of the greatest, the greatest runner in Australia of all time. Fair, fair call? Yeah, that's fair. And, like, Croaks, his time's pretty valuable. Did you think maybe you didn't have to recap a week's worth of, like, exercise bike stuff in there? Uh, I was a bit embarrassed for you there. I'm yeah, like, come on, Stewie doesn't need to listen to you riding an exercise. Yeah, I'm like, Stewie, Stewie's scrolling through Instagram <laughs> when that was happening for sure. Do we care about your heart rate when we yeah, have Stewie this yeah. off, off the back of that, Stewie was telling everybody that it's good to make sure you get your body right before you start back. Yeah, so I don't think he was doing much listening uh, then. But anyway, that for you there, Crokes. Yeah, he was out. Yeah, it was good from Jess Judd. And good good results there. Seven ladies under 69. Like, Gold Coast is just one in under 69 usually. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty quality women's half marathon result there. And they were coming across the line in droves. You know, it's good, though, this Houston in January for Australians who who want to run something in, in, in January, Feb. So it doesn't – I mean – you want to you get to October and somehow you miss Melbourne and or you you go all right now it's time to build up for a marathon what, what am I going to do? Well, yeah, you've got Seville in in January or is it February? I Sorry, think it's February, yeah. February, and then you've got um, not much else really. Valencia, Valencia December. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. it's 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 kind of slim pickings, and now Houston obviously on the cards because there was a few people that ran pretty fast that uh, that don't normally run that fast. Mm, yeah. And coming out of our hard. summer as well, got the heat gains and then you go into somewhere that's nice and cool. Is it mm. cool there? Look, people are wearing arm sleeves and stuff. It's like pretty cold. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's perfect. I it's love almost that. It's almost a bit too cold though, isn't nah, it? Three? That, uh, depends who you are, I guess, but I love that would be ideal because you can layer. You can warm mm. up. You can't really cool down like by just wearing clothes when it's warm. 
You can't cool down by wearing clothes when it's warm. But you can warm yeah. up when it's cool by wearing yeah, clothes. Gotcha. Start with the gloves, arm warmers. Yeah, off you don't even feel that cold at all. I mean, yeah. you can't get away from that in the heat. Yeah, it would have been great. Like, Chuck, Sinead, Ali, Lisa in their prime in that field. You know how they usually run away with it in at the Gold Coast, running like 68 highs? Like, this is another step up. Put them in there, and they could, they could go even faster having that kind of competition. Yeah. It, it'd be, Australians have been starved of that, haven't they? Yeah, especially... It's, we just don't have the opportunities like this, do we? They might have one quick half marathon here a year mm. at the Gold Coast where they get that kind of competition. A couple go to Japan, run that Japan, fast yeah. 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 Blackroll share the vision to establish best practice fascial training, common pain treatment, and recovery strategies relevant for sports, human performance, corporate, and medical applications. Due to different fascia training tools and methods, their products and services are relevant across all fitness levels and life situations. Based on the involvement with scientific research, Blackroll is an innovation leader in the field of fascial training and education. Blackroll products are lightweight, durable, and optimized for best effect and practicality during everyday use, enabling people to take their well-being and performance into their own hands on a daily basis. The products are made in Germany with 100% recyclable materials and the production process is optimised towards energy efficiency and sustainability. For more information on Blackroll and their range, head to www.blackroll.com.au To score yourself a discount on any purchase from the running collection on Blackroll's website, use the code INSIDE20 for 20% off at checkout. Listen to question, Crooks? Uh, yeah, so this week's question comes from Brendan Belcher, who's a uh, Mulligan's Flat Track Club member. He says, love your work, guys. If the Brisbane Olympic Organising Committee approached you to design the marathon course, where would it go? Would you go for a fast course to get good times, a technical slash tactical course for a good race, or a scenic course? Um, so that's the first question, and he's got the two parts. So do you want to answer that one first? Yeah. I don't know a lot about Brisbane, though. You've got the river there, don't they? Yeah, I don't so... Know that much about this either. No, I don't know the area very well, but I reckon... Um, so I'd like to see the start and the finish at the Olympic Stadium, which will be the Gabba, um, which is pretty close to where the 1982 Commonwealth Games marathon started and finished. So I'd like to see like a similar course to that. Although, you know, we've spoken about the Commonwealth Games maybe not as appealing as it used to be. Like that's a pretty historic and iconic event for Australian distance running. So I'd like to see a lot of the same roads used, which was. Um, largely on the north side of the river, running from uh, um, University of Queensland all the way over to, like, Eagle Farm, um, so along that sort of section. But start and finish at the Gabba, um, yeah, similar roads to Brisbane Com Games 1982. And that was still quick, wasn't it, Crokes? What they run off the top of your head? Uh, like, did he break 210? Or like, like was pretty yeah. quick, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I so. I think he broke 210. Yeah, that, yeah. I think I'll he did. Out. I reckon he did as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's a great YouTube. It's on YouTube, mm. so oh, yeah. you've got to get, get on it. Watch on the side of the road yeah. there. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes, Ross, if you can bang that in there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know enough about Brisbane to give specific course, but I do like the idea that it, it's it's kind of there's challenges thrown in and it's not that just a, that fast. Mm. I think it gives our guys and girls more chance if we can 
if we can take it over hills and we can make it a more tactical race because you just go out and run like super fast, um, super flat, and you'll just see the two two guys just destroy everybody. And and say we have a two eight guy or two seven guy at the time, they're still six six minutes back, seven minutes. Whereas on a tactical course, like if we look at um, something like Boston or or New York, you've got like a a swingers chance, like mm-hmm. a, you've got a is that what you call it? Punches chance or whatever. Um, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you've got like Yuki Kawashi coming out and winning, and Des Linden winning, and Meb Kleflazini winning when he's old. You just you're seeing um, fairy tales in those races. You don't see fairy tales at Berlin or Chicago or, or Tokyo. Two oh nine eighteen. Yeah, a bloody hot and hot hilly. Humid. Yeah. That that's one of the best run, runs on in in Australia. No super shoes. Whoa, they're probably super at the time though. <laughs> super for the time, yeah. Two night, yeah. How good is that? <laughs> Very good. And but he's running t- down. Yeah. Ah, that's so cool. Yeah. Second part of the question, Crooks. Uh, yep. Let me just get back to it. Uh, it seems like everybody that heads to Europe for top-level races does so through Nick Badeau. Is there anyone else in Australia that can slash does get people into top-level races? Have you got any thoughts about how we can expand the pool of people that can? I know very little about this because it doesn't really impact me at all. Uh, so from a marathon point of view, I know that Nick obviously um, looks after most of our um, Australian runners. Uh I know on the track, like James Templeton, he was a manager for David Radisha, um, an Aussie guy. So he looks after a lot of the... Bernard Legat too, Groves. Yeah, yeah. And so he looks after, I think, you know, Pete Bowl and that group now. Um, in the past, there's been a few, uh, like Derek Froud, a Kiwi guy. He, like, he was like a 212 marathoner back in the day. Um, he has looked after a few Aussies before, like... Um, Jeff Hunt and those sort of guys at the time. Um, yeah, not sure who, not sure who looks after Jess. Might be a, that might be a question actually for you tomorrow, Brady. Find out who, like who yeah, Jess goes actually, through. One of the patron supporters actually wrote in that question for one of their upcoming episodes about who their support team is. You know, like mindset coaches or physios or managers. Like mm-hmm. who's in their circle without just them and their coach. Did you yeah. say Derek Fruit? Or Froud, Froud, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he's the manager of Halalia Johans, the um, two twenty five runner from Namibia. So I just like that's I just got the list of the top top thirty marathoners, female marathoners, and who represents them in front mm-hmm. of me. Yeah. Frederico Rosa, Gianni the, Di Madonna. Yeah. Rosa's the one that's got his own um, Nike kit. Yeah. Whenever you see him in the green Nike kit, uh, the orange Nike kit, that's the Rosa stable. Yeah, and then there's Jos Hermans, who obviously yeah. is very famous and probably the most famous example of this um, in Europe anyway, or in the in the world. But over here, it's obviously Nick Badeau. And in the in the actual directory, like of, of athlete representatives, there are only two Australians: Nick Badeau and uh, Sean Whip. Is also yeah. an athlete Didn't he representative. Just get it? Last couple of years, I reckon. Yeah, so uh, 
I guess, Australians looking for athlete representation, then you've got two options. Oh, no, sorry, Dave Tarbottom as well. Oh, really? I didn't know Dave Tarbottom, yeah. I knew he did all the stats. I didn't know he did the... Oh, no, uh, and then James Templeton, like you said. I've I've done a real quick skim through this list. (laughs) But those those two, Tarbottom and Templeton, Badeau, Whip are the, Mm. the, the four on the list. I think Telford's guys used a guy over in the Netherlands. It might have even been the same company like Jos Hermans. Um, I, I can't, I'm not sure what the company name is, but um, I know Shelley used to go and spend a bit of time over in, I think, the Netherlands in the lead-up to, to some of his major marathons at some training camp over there, which was, um, I guess, attached to the, the management company. Yeah, yeah, there's... Yeah, there's... In America, you, Josh Cox is quite a... Mm. Prominent one on social media. He gets gets on their social. He's got a lot. Des Linden, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got a lot of the up and comers there. Sarah he was a Hall. good runner as well, wasn't he? He got a great. He's got, well, I call it great because I was obsessed with it. But there's a YouTube clip of him and Ryan Hall running in Mammoth Lakes, and he does a 50k run that day or a 30 mile, and it's like hot, and he gets rolling at the end, and there's pretty cool music. I think it's Johnny Cash, and. And then at the end, he recites like a, um, like, I don't know what it is, like a prayer or something, like off the top of his head. And I was like, whoa, this guy's, this guy's crazy. It's a good one. Go and have a look. Mammoth Lakes, yeah, right. Josh Cox, YouTube. I used to watch it all the time. Ray Flynn, he's got a few of the yeah, big he's names over there. Name. I think he's got Ollie Hoare, doesn't he? Find some of the Australians over there with him. Not sure exactly, but... Anyway, what was the question? <laughs> Did we have a... Uh, yeah, what was the question attached to it? Are there any other options? There's plenty of other options and they don't have to be Australian. Is that what we're kind of saying? I guess with Nick, though, you've got the coach as well as the manager, don't you? Whereas most of these other guys go to people just for the management side of things. Yeah, and, I, and the last part of it was how how do we go about expanding the pool of people that can, you know, get Aussies into races? I think it's hard to yeah. get that. Thanks to get that uh, ticket. I don't think the IAAF hand them out that regularly. I think Whip had to go to, um, I reckon he had to go to Japan to sit like a, you know, a course over there for a weekend or a week or something like that to actually get the qualification. And I reckon it still comes down to who you know in getting into races there and how your connections and your relationship is with the meet organisers. Yeah. That's a massive difference. Like, you can have all the accreditation, but if you've got no relationship there then it's difficult to get yourself get and your athlete mm. like into these events so i'll tell you, I'll tell you who's, who could be your man if you needed somebody christian from norway i'm sure he's uh in the pockets of all the uh the big time race directors over there doesn't well, he, he think he is though <laughs> how does he get himself into all these races i don't know and stays at stays at the race hotels and yeah yeah like, I, don't, I don't get it he pays his way in you reckon? This is a buy. This is like a poker buy ending. It's like, how much will it cost me to get that that prototype shoe? How much is boy kind of stuff? Yeah. How much is it going to cost me for that bib on the start line? Can I come to your training camp? I'll pay you for it. What about when he started bringing up that you guys have the best life over here because you get to run on ang- in Anglesey and stuff? You're like, <laughs> Mate, you do all the best races in the world. What about when he brought up your marathon? Mate, I'd, I've addressed this privately with both of you guys. I was so pissed off with that, those comments. And I addressed it with him as well. Because, But what I think it's down to is he does all these amazing races. 
that he doesn't actually understand that some races aren't like perfectly flat and don't have massive groups of people and all this kind of stuff. So he just sees the time and thinks that it's a shit performance. Whereas all he had to do was look at Brett Robinson, 59-214. Look at Tom DeCano, Ed Goddard, Riley Cox, 62-minute guys. They run 214, 215, 217. Like everyone in that field is running two or three minutes slower than what they're capable of. I don't think it was a Brady trail full of shit at marathons like problem. That's oh, what pissed me off the most. You really got into your... Oh, I was so shattered when I was hearing that. I'm like, oh, he's singled me out here. It's like this guy's weak in the head and can't train properly or can't convert. I'm like, mate, everyone I finished with is running the same times and on the same train Well, line. you've got a chance here because we could talk about his Valencia 10K. Mm-hmm. When he ran thirty-two fifty, and look, calm, calmer, I reckon. I actually thought that was good for Christian because he's not a very—he's not like a high-level athlete. But he was no, upset. I with... wish him all the best, and I've known <laughs> him for years. That's why I was—I was the one who introduced our listeners to Christian from Norway. I remember meeting him out in front of the hotel at bloody Berlin, and that's what I'm like—that's what annoyed me the most. That he had to dig at me when I wasn't here. Jeez, he's been sucking Absolutely. up to you lately, though. <laughs> yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been oh. sick, actually, on our private messages. I know. I'm like, Christian, continue. <laughs> he tried, you, I, told, I literally said to him, I'm like, I, I, I messaged him and said, look, I'm really upset about those comments. Like, they've, they've knocked me for six. And then he tried to ring me, and I'm like, nah, not not answering this. And I'm like, look, I'll just give me a couple of days, and I might get over it. But he got me at a vulnerable time, because I was bloody had no sleep for about four days. And then I had to listen to that bullshit. But anyway, and I'm over, also, I'm over it now. Brady, what about you, you? You guys could have stuck up for me, though. Probably two of I our best episodes, and you weren't involved in them. That would have hurt. Mm. I'm happy, though. I'm happy for have good episodes without me being here. I think that's a like, good succession plan. I was disappointed that you singled me out because I did not have a crack. I, I was I was harsher to, to you, to your face, you after pricks. the race than I was when Christian was on. But Croaks, because you've been having a crack at me for that result since day one. Like, you don't look at those results and go top 10, nine out of these 10 guys, like Dion Finocchiaro as the exception, have probably ran two or three minutes slower than what they should be running. So I'm in the 90%. I reckon Dion's had a blinder. He's in the 10%. But then I get singled out as like, oh, Brady can't run marathons properly. He's weak mentally. He trains too hard. He can't convert. I'm like... I was proud of that race. I still am bloody proud of that race. So that's what disappointed me That's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm like, I think statistically, I'm like, it was a good run. But I don't but know, because anyway. I, I had Gunther. We had Gunther up there running 221. Toby running 220. Yeah. That's what, I, I think I'm similar to those guys. Marantelli, he was like eight seconds in front of me. Wasn't, wasn't that their marathon debut? Uh, Toby. Toby, not Matt, but Matt. No, nah, Mara's ran a marathon before. Like, Mara's like ran a 345 or something. Like, he's a talented athlete. And, like, you'd heard Stewie talking about how Toby used to smoke him up when he was a kid. Like, he's a naturally talented kid. Me and him run that Canberra Marathon, like, start of the year pretty much the same time. Oh. And, like, you can't, I don't know, if he's going to throw a lip at me for that, I'm like, well, why didn't you throw a lip at Brett? Like, you can't sell me two feet. It's different when you win the race. Yeah. And that's, all, and, that's all your, and that's all your goal is <laughs> you know the race. Tom DeCano should have got talked. We could talk shit about Riley Cox. I mean, he was probably the worst runner of the day. Well, and, I, and I get it when you're the host, you're like a, you put yourself in the spotlight and stuff, and you got to take criticism and stuff like that. But yeah, I thought he was better than that old Christoph. But anyway, mate, well, I think and you just and you invited him on the show. It was my idea, and it was a brilliant show. Yeah. Other than that stuff, I was so insightful. Some of that stuff, Chris, was like Chris, just didn't quite 
pick the right topic. We needed him to tee off, but he just picked the wrong one. Picked the wrong bloody target. The Scandinavians are pretty straight to the point, aren't they? He he needs to book a flight down here, and I'll take him for a drive over that last 5K of the course and be like, this is what we're talking about, mate. It's not all fucking perfect roads like it is at Berlin and Seville and all that kind of stuff. Valencia. It, I don't think that would impress him too much a drive over the tan, mate. Yeah, I don't, compared <laughs> to what he's used to. Anyway, I reckon. Got that out. Yeah. I do wish him all the luck at Seville. I, I, half of me is like, geez, I hope he has a shit one so I can rip into him. But the most of me is actually hoping that he has a blinder and runs 218. Well, there's going to be a discussion either way, whatever time he runs. He ain't running 218. I can give you the tip. 219, isn't he? He just ran 3250. Come on. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, rules of Strava, moose on the loose. Perks of the week. Kind of just went a bit on the loose end. Yeah, well, I didn't. I was just staring you up. I've got another moose on the loose, actually. Oh, uh, do something it. Something else I want to address. There was an episode you guys did the first one. I wasn't here. Remember that one? You talked about the award show? Yeah. yeah. Remember that? You handed out seven awards. Didn't give Sinead Diver one of them. She comes bloody 10th at the Olympics. Hardest event at the Olympics to run in. She doesn't win any of their seven awards. Well, you got to find if you get, if you get beat, what is, if you get beat, what has she got to do? Well, what has she got to do? Finish fourth. What in the marathon, Olympic marathon? Well, Finishing tenth, oh, the Olympic marathon. So you think that was the, the best result? You think that was race of the year? No, I think it was most improved. She went from never going to the Olympics to come in tenth. No, the improvement's been made before then. If she, if she, she it's has, like when you, it's like Moose when you're playing footy, and the best player in the team misses like five or six games. And they're not going to win the best and fairest. But you go to the awards night and you're like, we really need to give the best player something to go home with. Like, you should have given her something so else saying, if you're not going to give her a performance. Sinead, so has Sinead run like 224 or 5? 224, hasn't she? Yeah, 224. And, and so you're saying that her run at Tokyo was more improved than Jai, who's gone She's from 10th in the Olympic marathon. Jai Edwards, a guy who's run... Yeah, he didn't make the final. He, went, made he didn't the make the semi, did he? Made did he make the semi? Yeah. How many people make it through the semi? 45? Uh, 15, 24. 15. 24. There's two heats of 12. Is there? Is that all? Yeah. It yeah, was well, still 10th more impressive than 24th, Crocs. Anyway, I just thought Sinead was a bit robbed there. I was about to throw my phone in the Murray River when I was listening to that back a couple of weeks ago. Did we not read yours out? Yeah, we you read mine out, but you three guys, no one even mentioned it. And I get it, because Luke's like a track guy. I pass mark for him, missing it, but jeez. I thought you guys were better than that. Still, look, her run was great, but I still don't think you put her in most improved, because she's been a phenomenal... That's what I'm saying, you've got to find a, somewhere to put her in. She's been a phenomenal athlete on the world stage for the last two, three years. Making so, the jump at the Olympics, though, is significant. Well, I think somebody who was not even likely to even make the Olympics in the last year to make the semi at the Olympics and to now have like the what f- fourth fastest time ever by an Aussie, fifth fastest time by Aussie. Yeah, but you could have found another category to put her in. You could have found somewhere close. Well, you could have made up somewhere. a category. Could have, should have, you should have oh, done that. You should have just said at the very the, end, uh, honourable mention. Best masters the best oh. Don't do that. <laughs> Is that what you want? Oh. Heaps good oh. as a ward. Yeah, that, we should introduce that next week, next year. Anyway, what's your moose on the loose, moose? Uh, uh, look, my head's been pretty bad lately. <laughs> um, in the wars. Uh, yeah, I haven't really got one. I'm, go go political. Has oh, it been a bit embarrassing being Australian in the last couple of weeks? You want to go political? Yeah, come on. Do, do you want to go there? Because Let's wind it up. There's actually no, there's, there's no other side of politics anymore. It's like there's one side and that's it. 
and that's the vote the Liberal Party out as soon as possible side of politics because there can't be anybody sitting at home thinking, you know what, Scott Morrison did a good job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay that. Yep, he went on holiday. Yep, he's fucked every single point of this pandemic up in a big way and lied about it. And now look at the position we're in. We're like the worst performing country in the world in terms of the pandemic and, and our response. No one can get tested. If you get tested, you, you, there's no results. Um, so, but then he's still, but now they've decided to take them off actual companies who have thought ahead and purchased them in advance. And the, the federal government just takes them at the borders. So this is just how it's going down in our country. And, uh, it's just embarrassing to be led by someone like this. And I value leadership like I respect it. And this, like, to me, how does someone like this get into politics? Like, this is just, this is, this is entitlement. This is the, the problem with our political system. If it's, it's all rich, private schoolboy men. And, and we just, for some reason, vote them in. Like, it wasn't me who voted this guy in last time. I think I saw through it. Someone did, though. And the, like the, the party sort of benefits, and me as a small business owner, most of the time, historically, you would look at the Liberal Party and go, their, their policies suit sort of my position at, in my career. However, you've got to look at the, the quality of people there. It's just so low. Like how low does the bar have to be for our leaders? You've got rapists in there. You've got rape apologists you got, like, crazy anti-vaxxers. you got... Oh, anyway. <laughs> and then the religious side of it. The religion. Like, our, like our, our main... Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit of a mess. It's been a bit embarrassing on the world scene. Oh. And then you didn't even mention the... the uh, the conditions, the treatment of asylum seekers, stuff like it that. just continues, doesn't it? No, like, yeah, yeah. It, racism, like, yeah. It's just one big marketing thing. It's I read like the book last week about the funding, like for private schools and Catholic schools and stuff like that, compared to like state schools and stuff as well. Like, how much money gets pushed towards those institutions? Oh, the fact that the church isn't paying tax to me, just inc- oh, just disgusting. And, and, and how looked after they get and how all the friend, the, like the corporate mates of the politicians get given contracts and oh, it's, it's just rotten. Needs a clean out, eh? It's just, it is, it's rotted from the head down. Anyway, my election, I said to Carla the other day, I'm like, Elbow's just got to be quiet. Just, just don't say anything for the next couple of months and you'll win this for sure. Yeah, he's a likable guy, but also, like, they're not, the Labor Party still just, they're sitting back watching it unfold. At the same time, he's a good, like, a good chance to come out with some strong policy and some sort of, like, start influencing people, start getting a bit of a campaign going, like, where I actually want to vote for you. Because at the moment, like, I like your story, and you, to me, you seem like a high-quality individual than what's currently there. But still, I want to be inspired. We got it. That was good. I like that. Uh, what's coming up, Croaks? Uh, very little this week. Got physio on Wednesday, which um, yeah, was the one I had to cancel last week. Uh, and then, yeah, just slowly build up the amount of running. So 
hopefully in a couple of days I'll be 30 minutes continuous and then probably won't I probably won't do any sessions until I can sort of just go out and run an hour a day and feel okay doing it yeah smart thinking there uh, Moose what do you got coming up in your life uh, I'm working this this week like four days out of four days out so of, you just won't know yourself I'm actually working on the other days too I'm doing some threshold tests and stuff so it's happening like back at work it's taken too long off with this baby. This baby's just taking too much of my time. So now I'm back on at, at work and slaving. Imagine just having one kid croaks. How easy life would be. Yeah. It's, it's, well, so yeah. What do they say? Double the kids ten times at work? Well, it's funny what you said. Like when you have one, you can get away as the male, I think, with doing a little bit less. But then once you get two then, yeah, the the wife saying, nah, you're doing this, you're doing that. So I definitely had it a lot easier when we just had Lily. But, uh, My mate's got three. I'm just like, I don't know how that's possible. There's only two parents, you got three kids. <laughs> What about, yeah. like, you think back to your life when you had zero? You're like, what was I doing with my life? Well, that's all lot of time. Actually, that's oh, what well, Viv said in this last week, because we've been at home with no kids, she's like, this is sort of how it feels like before we had kids where you're just at home and you can sort of do whatever you want, although we were both just sick. <laughs> um, some, thing, some things happening overseas. Ollie Hawes going at the uh, Wanamaker Mile. That's indoors too, isn't it? Milrose Games. That's yep. in New York, isn't it? Big one there. Probably one of the biggest indoor meets going around. Mm-hmm. Josh Kerr, Olympic bronze medalist over the 1500s there as well. Really loaded field. Expecting big things there from Ollie. And um, Zatapex next Wednesday night as well. Fields are out, fellas. We might talk about it a bit next week, but for people that listen to it on a Wednesday, they might not, um, well, when it comes out on a Wednesday, if they don't listen to it straight away, they might not hear any predictions. So do you want to chuck a name out for me now? Uh, I'll go same winners as last year. Who won it last year? Was that Rose Davies? Yeah, and Brett. Outkicked Izzy Bat Doyle. Mm. The years start blending together. Brett Robinson beat Jack Rayner. Yep. Yep. Dave McNeil maybe third, I reckon, last year. Moose, who you got? Uh, I'm going to pick Izzy. Izzy Bat Doyle this year. And um, I don't have the list in front of me of, of the men's, but I think Dave McNeil. Uh, I'm going to go Dave McNeil. Is he on the I'm list? Go Jack, Jack Rayner, I think, will win. Yeah, it's going to be a battle there. I reckon... Um... Brett's coming off the marathon. Jack isn't. Yeah, that's true. But Brett's, yeah, fit. And what, Dave? Beat... We're not giving Dave the... We're not giving Dave a sniff. I think the other two beat him more often than not, don't they? Mm, that half, you had Jack beating Dave at the half. Dave, Jack, had... Dave did run like 13, 12 or something, though, didn't he? Mm. Over five. I got Dave. In the other two. I got Dave. Yeah. It's going to be good to watch. We're going to have to do a watch party again, I think. Um, got Nath on the... Remember Nath from the last... Have we done two of these crooks? Uh, I don't know. Well, I think we did Zatapec and then we did the um, 3K. Aussie 3K. Yeah, so pretty much if you can find a stream and um, you want different audio and like visuals, you can have two screens going. We'll be able to do some commentary there. Um, Nafe's going to be roaming around at the finish line to get us some interviews, so we'll just get people as they cross the line in for it. Do some um, alternative commentary and um, yeah, predictions, those kind of things. Comments as you go. That should be fun. I think you two boys are going to be involved in that, and I'll be down there on, on track. Go down and watch it and smash it. Oh, I thought about it. They let people in who didn't break 29.45. Because my PB, I ran 29.48 this year, and I was like, oh, I just missed a qualifier. 
and I didn't get fit in time anyway, but I was like, oh, if I get quick, fit quick, maybe I could chuck my name in and hope that I'd get a run. And I see like Nick Earl and a few other guys who were a bit outside that time got in. So I could have had a chance to go around again. So the answer is no, that you're not going to do it. Not, I thought about it. On my radar. <laughs> but you let us know that you could have got in if, if you really wanted in. to. You've got to drop that in sometimes, don't you? <laughs> so you're not going to be part of this live show thing? I'll be down on the ground. Skype me in. You're running the show again, Croaks. You're right, won't oh, you? This will go, go well. Taking hey, some good. time off the boy, hasn't he? No. Oh, I'm down there on the field. Yeah. I'm doing the harder work, boys. I'm down oh, there on I the thought, ground. Well, I thought Nath was doing that. Cause we'll yeah, have, Nath can we'll, do that. Just, just, we'll, Skype, just... So we'll, patch me in and I'll tell you what the weather's doing. But we'll have all that. We'll have the stream. Yeah, but just to ask me what the weather's doing, I'll be like, yeah, it's 20 degrees, windy. That's enough for me, fellas. Have fun on the stream. You guys be right. You guys will kill it. I'll let you go cheer Archie on. Yeah, it splits. 68, slow down. Stuff like that. Um, Longer the short of it, that's out on Thursday morning. I'm hosting that this week with those three guys. They've been good the last two weeks with you, fellas. You've enjoyed that. Yeah, they're getting there. They've got to get a bit of that. Uh... Oh, I'm still searching for the word. You know, and like rapport. It's like the word rapport, but you know, like. Chemistry. Chemistry could be the one. Chemistry, yeah, I like that. Chemistry. They're getting chemistry, the chemistry yeah. going. They're finding out, like, Luke's obviously the confident one. Jess is a smart one. Louis, Louis the dumb fucker. And, and so if they just play their role, they're just going to get better. Yeah, very good. All right, we're done. See you, fellas. See you next week. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Blackroll, innovation leaders for simple but effective tools that empower you to take your health and performance into your own hands. Head to blackroll.com.au to learn more about their range used by the best athletes in the world.